Dear Cosmo Babies, on this week's episode, we are chatting with one of my close and personal friends, Kat Nicario, who is a brand educator and a hairdresser and honestly, just kind of like all around badass. I'm your host, Ada MacArthur, and I am so excited to present to you my personal BFF, Kat. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Whatever the this show. is, this podcast, whatever we're doing. Oh, it's going to be a show. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. So I'm just going to let you like introduce yourself and everyone who's listening, just bear with us because Kat and I, we get the giggles. We love chatting. Like we are legit friends and this is going to be a really fun one. So just like hang out for this one, please. Hang out, hold on, get ready for the ride. <laughs> I'm Kat Nicario. I've had the pleasure of meeting Annie, well, geez, almost 15 years ago. Now, yeah, something like that. Scary. And so it's been kind of cool to like get to this part in our careers. And we've both seen each other grow and change and develop. And because I met Annie actually really early on in in kind of my career here in California, actually. Mm-hmm. So I started my career back in Boston. I worked for Charles Maxu and it was a full dry cutting salon. And so I started there and really kind of diving into the industry. I did my beauty school in Massachusetts as well and didn't ever think that it was going to spiral into what it's now become. It was just supposed <laughs> to be like a job. And then I ended up assisting at this incredible salon in Boston, have made lifelong friends doing that. And then actually got to be part of a lot of photo shoots, fashion shows out in Boston. And so that kind of drove me into there was more in the industry than just being behind the chair and doing mm-hmm. hair. So I learned that really young, which was cool. And then I moved out here to California and not all of my hours translated. So I had to go back to school. So I couldn't work in, like initially. And so then I actually started building my portfolio doing photo shoots. So I started doing that and built up a big, por- bigger portfolio and then ended up working in a salon and I've been renting. I started renting pretty early on. And then just recently in June of 2020, just opened my own salon. And I so know, that's so been, exciting. <laughs> been <laughs> wild. And it was, it was after our first shutdown that was, I opened this. Oh, but going back and what we're going to talk about today is my educating. I started with number four. 15-ish years ago, 30 It was a long time ago. ago. Something to that effect. And it was right around the time I met you. And actually, that's yeah. how we, we did meet was through number four. Yeah, um, absolutely. So it... And that has been a continual... A continuous, like, amazing gift in my life to not only educate, but the people that I've gotten from that experience has been, like, the the best gift I ever could have asked for in this industry. Just a side story on this way back in the day when you and I like really first started like connecting and and getting to know one another. I think you were one one of my very first live interviews that I ever did with the hair nerds. And back in ISSC. Yes. Like, and we sat at ISSC. We had to go find this like quiet corner and we were trying to do all of these live interviews because podcasts really weren't a thing yet. And so we were kind of doing these like live stream interviews on Facebook back in the day. And you were one of the very first ones. And I remember being so nervous. And then I found out later that you were so nervous (laughs) that you were being interviewed. And it was like, oh my gosh, we're both kind of like these babies in our career still. (laughs) And like... 
Yeah, like we literally how many grown years up together. Was. We literally 11. Been- I'm like, I know it. It's 11. And it's that's like, amazing. Yeah. And for me, it's definitely one of my favorite things about the industry is the, yeah. the friendships and the connections that I've gotten to make with people. Because yeah. I feel like you and I have literally grown up together in this industry, even though Absolutely. we were already adults when we met and kind of, you know, in our like mid to late 20s, we kind of grew up together. <laughs> Which is cool. I would agree. I love that, you know, over the years too, you and I have leaned on each other for career advice, for mm-hmm. understanding. Because I think it's it's hard sometimes to find allies in this industry that really are just like want nothing but the absolute best for you. Yes. And give you solid advice and just love, care, and support. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's also too why you and I have just like and clung down to each other for Absolutely. so long. Because I, I love everything that you do. I support everything you do. I think it's amazing and vice versa. And you've always been there mm-hmm. for me. So it's been, it's been cool. Yeah. I love it. A couple yeah. episodes back, if if you were listening to this podcast for the first time, I do highly recommend going a few episodes back and listening to our one about the three people that you need to find early in your career. And one of the things we talk about is finding that like hair nerd bestie in the beginning, because it's going to be someone who's really going to support and encourage you and also finding a mentor. And I feel like with you, like we have been like both those things to each other, which is like, like that is like the epitome of finding your person in the industry, you know, not only someone Absolutely. who's going to be like your BFF, but also be a mentor at the same time and that you could do that for each other. And I think that's so cool. Yep. I absolutely <laughs> agree with that. It's been the people that I've met, especially on my educating journey, because I think when you're like in a salon and, and you just end up like communicating with those people. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's very small and secular. I mean, you can go out and do industry events and all that other kind of stuff, but it's not the same as like when you're really like either taking an education class or teaching, you're connecting with people on a different level because you're really like your brain is working. It's like trying to bring up something new. And so then you're trying to understand this curriculum. Other people are trying to understand the curriculum. And so it automatically makes for like, well, how would you do this? Or what did they say again? Or how do I? And so you have, you start to build this bond with other people. And, and then also too, like even talking to other educators, like, Hey, how do you do that? Or watching them and, and finding pieces that you like about mm-hmm. how they educate and then turning around and taking that and making it your own and putting those pieces together. Cause that's, I, I educate like a bunch of different people. <laughs> yeah. And so, and I think all of us do, you find these, you find different things inspiring you know, and you just kind of, and then you, you take those pieces and make them your own and, and turn around and share those pieces with others, you know, in our industry. And it's absolutely, we, we are in a pretty awesome industry. Yeah, no, absolutely. We are definitely. So, okay. So speaking of number four hair care, so number four hair care, I feel like has always been a huge supporter of the hair nerds and everything that we have ever done and vice versa. Like we have always, I was introduced through Aaron to number four hair care and definitely was something that I fell in love with way back in the day in the very beginning. And of course, getting to meet you was a huge, like, okay, awesome. This brand is actually like legitimately cool because the people working for them are like the raddest people in the whole world. But what I really wanted to chat with you about, because what I love about this podcast in particular is that we like to give people real life, like almost a step-by-step, this is how you can achieve a goal. And this is what these things look like to get to XYZ. And with you, I would love to chat about your 
journey to becoming an educator with number four, but you have also been a part of other brands and other industry things out there in reaching those goals. And I would love for you just to kind of give like the lowdown on what that looks like and how you can actually become a brand educator and what really brands are actually looking for in people to bring them on and hire them. Because I think, you know, like, I don't know about you, but back in cosmetology school, there were a lot of people that were like, oh, I'm going to graduate. I'm going to start working for a brand or I want to become a platform artist or I want to, you know, do these big time things. But sometimes the steps to get there are missing, you know? For sure. And I, okay. So first off, you're going to have to remind me of half those things you just said, because (laughs) I was starting with number one. And so I hope you wrote all that down. Totally. (laughs) So the reason I started with number four, I was actually, once I moved, to California or back to California, originally from the Bay and then moved to Sonoma County from Boston. And when I did that, you know, I was still kind of like figuring out where my place sat here. I had a really strong connection with my whole team in in Boston Mm -hmm. and I was really looking for that again. And I, I feel like a lot of times in salon settings, hitting that, like you love all the people you work with is like once in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And so it was, a, and but that was my very first salon experience. So that was like a little hard then to sh- to shift and be yeah. like the new kid somewhere, right? Yeah. So, but the salon that I originally started working at had Kevin Murphy, and they this was back when Kevin Murphy was just launching in the states, like mm-hmm. it was just switching over from Cusco Murphy, and Felicity was their director of education. But mm-hmm. I think she was one of their only educators at the time because she came in and educated in our salon. Wow. And she was captivating. She was magical. I, I was like, I want to be her. That's what I want to do. I want to be her. And actually backing up previous to that, I had danced my whole life and, and then actually had become a dance instructor. So I had already been teaching in a different industry for probably about five ish years at the Mm -hmm. time. So I had already been educating. And the funny thing is both of my parents are educators. My biological father was a principal, teacher and principal. My mom was a special ed preschool teacher. And so both of them, because your parents want you to do what they do, wanted totally. me to go to the education. Right? And if you know me, I am not. I love kids that are attached to me in some way, shape, or form. I'm not really a child person other than that. And like teenagers, like that's a whole other story. So I didn't want to go into like traditional teaching. But the funny thing was I ended up there anyways. I ended up being an educator. I just in a Mm -hmm. very different avenue than either of them had ever thought that I would be. So then when I saw Felicity educate and I was like, oh, like that's cool. Like that's fun. I want to like, I want to inspire other people. I want to just connect with others. Like I, I want to go around and talk to different people and travel. Like that seems awesome. I didn't love all of Kevin Murphy's products. So that's not, that's why I didn't jump on board with them. Cause I needed to find something that really resonated with. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't, I couldn't work for a company that I didn't resonate with mm-hmm. just, just to work with them. I would have loved to have worked with Felicity in those early days too. I think that would have been super awesome and really amazing. Yeah. And um, they've had so many incredible educators come out of their program and I applaud their education program. I think it's really incredible. It just wasn't where my heart was and I yeah. couldn't then turn around and, and, and educate 
for them. So and had another. A, sorry, yeah. I was just going to say a quick side note on that is like for the listeners who are listening to this, that is so honest on so many levels because there are there's so there are so many product lines out there and they are not all going to resonate with you. You are going to mm-hmm. love certain products from certain lines, but for you to find a line that is a hundred percent you are on board with is kind of a rarity, you know, like it's like, that's, that's real honest, you know? And I think, yeah. I think it is like, you got to do the hard work and the research to find those brands and products that you are like, no, I'm a hundred percent on board with this. Because ultimately at the end of the day, when you're educating, you're selling. Yeah. And so if you can't get behind the brand that you're educating for, selling for, whatever that looks like, like then A, there's no loyalty there. And then B, you like it just makes it harder to drive up that passion and to be passionate about something mm-hmm. that you're educating about. And I think that that's really important that you need to have that passion and that fire because otherwise it's boring. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I've done everything from product knowledge to hands-on to platform work and and Honestly, like product knowledge can be the most boring thing ever, or you can get people jazzed and excited and and engaged. And so it just depends. And so if you're excited about your product and you're excited about this brand or whatever that looks like or trend or or whatever you're educating, then you're going to make it exciting for the people that mm-hmm. are in your class. Absolutely. If you're just kind of like, mm, I'm doing this as a means to an end, or I'm just trying to get to the next level, or I just want to be a platform artist, but I guess I have to do this. Like, who wants to watch that? Exactly. Exactly. So I needed to find something that I felt really passionate about. And number four was a brand new line. I think we were one of the first salons in California to carry it because mm-hmm. our sales rep was, was working with number four. And so she brought it into the salon and I fell in love because it's a very small line. Mm-hmm. Think of the time we were maybe 16 product was small. Now I think we're 20 some 23. So still not that big. Yeah. Still Um, a small line, very small line. It had. So what we believe in at number four is that instead of having 30 products that do one thing each, it's one product that can do 30 things. Yeah. And so that's what I loved about it is it was small. It did, there weren't repeats. It wasn't something that, you know, I had six different hairsprays. I've got one and depending mm-hmm. on how I use it gives me, you know, either a very light hold or a really heavy hold mm-hmm. you've got, and it works on all hair types. You can cocktail and layer it. And at the time, so urology was what I was kind of using before that because it was vegan and cruelty free. It was color safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so number four came along and they were hundred percent vegan, gluten-free, paraben-free, sulfate-free, sodium chloride-free. Yeah. And then, and on top of that had anti-aging properties in every single product and color protecting properties in every single product. And to this day, we still do. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that was really important. And it was the first line that I found that did all of those things, didn't have any of the harmful chemicals in it, but worked like worked. Like there wasn't stuff that like, like, it, the difference between that and like the stuff that you would get at Whole Foods, you were like, okay, this doesn't anything. Mm-hmm. So it felt like you were using, like you were actually using a salon professional product that didn't have these harsh chemicals in it, and that worked. And so I was like, I'm, I'm sold. This is awesome. So, uh, so Tony Wells, our brand director, who I love dearly, she came up and educated for us. And gave us product knowledge class because she didn't have any educators at the time. It was yeah. just her. And to this day, Tony Wells, who is our brand director, will still give you a three-hour product knowledge class. Yes. 
So she's fantastic. And, and I fell in love with her too. And I said, I want to work, I want to work for you. And they didn't have educators at the time. They didn't even have a program set up for educators at the time. So I had given her my information and I said, you know, like, I'd, I'd love to stay in in touch when you're ready. Like, I want to educate for you. She said, okay. Didn't see them for a while. And then I think it was down at an ISSC. I ran into her and Kathy Walenta. And, and I said, listen, I, I still want to educate for you guys. And they were like, well, actually we have an education training coming up and I couldn't make that one, but they were like, we'll have another one. So I was at their very, their, I was at their second education training ever. And I am now their longest standing educator with the company. So it's, it's the only product that I've used ever since then. I mean, I've tried other things, but mm-hmm. it's what has been my tried and true. It what gives me the best results, both in salon, on location, photo shoots, fashion shows, like you can do everything with this product. And so it was something that I really fell in love with. And not only that, I fell in love with my brand director, like Tony, she, she, she's who connected me with you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we've been such a small brand, I've been able to wear so many hats. And so I have learned unreal amounts of like just snippets of all different facets of our industry from her. Cause I've gotten to like, sit in the room where the things are happening, you yes. know, like yes. I've gotten to be part of the conversations because I've been there so long because I've asked, because I want to know, I don't just mm-hmm. want to know how, you know, to become an internet famous hairdresser. I want to know the back end side of our industry. I want to know the numbers. Like I want to know what it takes. I want to know how to do sales. I want to know how to do all these other things. And then what happened from that is I opened my salon. Mm-hmm. She would not have known where to start or how to do this without Tony and you and and all this creative, amazing community of people that I have gotten to learn all these other pieces of our industry about. Mm-hmm. And so that that part has given me more than I could ever ask. It's so. it really is like such an amazing journey to have watched too, because you have really done all of the steps like if you kind of if there was like a roadmap you know that of just like here's step one step two step three on how to get somewhere you really did take the time and you didn't skip you had really like you did step one and you did it all the way you did step two and you did it all the way and I think that's such a testament to allowing yourself to take the time and opportunity to grow and learn without feeling like you need to jump from step one to step 10 right away. Because a lot of us are very impatient. I, I'm a super impatient person. And I'm like, no, I want to get step 10 right now, you know, but when you're, when you allow yourself to slow down and do that, you end up in a spot like you have, where it's like, you were extremely well-rounded, extremely educated, extremely successful. You are able to have a solid foundation under your feet. And I think that's really important to talk about more because people are always such in such a rush to get to the end, you know, without enjoying so, each moment. I am still that person. I'm still impatient. I walk <laughs> faster than any of my other friends. It, But I got to say, a lot of that was Tony telling me to slow down. Mm-hmm. Hold up, you're gonna get there. Stop. I need you to breathe for a second. Like she is the most consistent person in this industry that I have ever met. And I can hear her voice in my head on a daily basis. Yes. And because I did want to jump to step 10. There were so many times I wanted to jump to step 10. Mm-hmm. I it registered me when I opened this. 
that there is no way, shape, or form that I could have opened a salon any sooner than I did because of the education that I learned from working at number four, the education I've learned from interacting with other salon owners and hairdressers in the industry through mm-hmm. educating, through going to shows, through you guys, through so many different you know, conversations, avenues, watching my own, you know, salon owners have successes or make mistakes mm-hmm. and learning from those too. And, and so I'm also, I, I absorb everything around me a lot and I want to like pick it apart and figure out how it works mm-hmm. so that I can put it back together to make it work for me. Yeah. And so that's what I did a lot with number four. And especially in those early days, there was so little of us. There still is. We were, we are a very small company, but I've always, number four has always had a lot of really powerful, like well-rounded women mm-hmm. working for us. And it's always been a small group. So we've always been really tight knit and everybody brings a little piece to the table. Yeah. And so getting to learn from these powerhouses has been really amazing. And there has been times where I've had to like, okay, slow down. Like you're not there yet. Okay. It's okay. Like, like take it, take a second, like figure, you know, and a lot of times my girlfriend's telling me like, whoa, slow down. Like you're not, you're not there. So there's still, I still have that where I want to speed up, but I have learned that that's going to get me in trouble. Like I'm not like a lot of times my brain will work faster than my mouth does. And so then it comes out jumbled and crazy, but then it's kind of the same thing with anything else. Like this is working faster and it, but like the world around you needs a minute, you know? Mm-hmm. And so you kind of just have to wait and like absorb it all and like take what's going on here and like lay it out in a much calmer face mm-hmm. <laughs> to be able to see all the pieces. Cause a lot of times too, I think what people do is you're, and I I've, I've done this in the past where I've pigeonholed myself. I'm like, this is the only way it has to go. And I'm going to go this direction. And then you miss all these other opportunities that are over yes. here yep. that don't look like how you thought they were supposed to look like. So you're ignoring them mm-hmm. <laughs> as opposed to, Hey, that's actually really cool. Yes. I want to go like, that's great. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, and so if you broaden that up and you open that up and go, okay, I don't have to be an educator and a platform artist by the time I'm 27, you know, like yeah. it looks however it's going to look, you know, and it's really easy too to like say, oh, well, this person opened their first salon at 23. Okay. But was that hard for them? Was that like, did they, did they fall? Did they lose a ton of money? Did they, did they mm-hmm. have great successes? Like at what, you know, like if you kind of peel that back and everything on social media looks amazing, these days, or even, you know, back when we were for, before social media, when you'd walk mm-hmm. into the salon and you'd be like, wow, this is gorgeous. It's amazing. But now you can look at it. If you are a business owner or even thinking about it and going like, mm, how much did that cost? Like, yeah. How, like how much is this in debt right now? Like how much are they paying a month to like mm-hmm. really keep everything on? So, and same thing with educating, like, wow, that looks amazing. I just want to step up there and, and, and do that. Like I want to perform and be on stage and show people what I can do. But really what goes into that is a lot of like pre-planning, a lot of like making sure that you have your like, like rehearsing, like getting Mm -hmm. up to making sure that you, you know, know what you're going to say, what your, how you're going to create something. What is your roadmap? Like, and that takes years of work for like one little 45 minutes to an hour segment. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So it is a lot of work and there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. And and I do believe that you have to like go and step by step. And if you skip stuff, you're really just like shooting your own self in the foot. 
Definitely. So as someone who has been with a company for so long and has seen educators come and go, what is it that brands kind of on a generalized viewpoint, what is it that brands are looking for from people to bring them on as educators, whether that's PK educators, teaching classes on cutting or coloring, or just kind of generalized? So one thing I would say that I usually always get is everybody wants to do the really flashy stuff. Yeah. Right. I want to be a platform artist. I want to be a cutting. I want to do cutting. I want to do this. Not that's all well and good. I love that. However, understanding that you do have to start with product knowledge, teaching about the product, understanding the product that takes a long time. And to even get that script down so you can answer any questions. So you know that product inside and out. So then when you are on stage and you are talking about these pieces down the road, that then it just rolls off your tongue. And so doing those product knowledge classes, there's a lot of times where I had educators that were like, well, I don't, I don't want to do that. Okay. Well, then you're not showing me that you're a loyal to this brand or B that you will like do the stuff over here to get rewarded to do the stuff over here, because these Mm -hmm. opportunities are few and far between, especially nowadays post COVID. Like sure. If you want to create a reel for us, or you want to do an online education class, but, but platform, like watching people on stage, like how often are those shows anymore? And they've gotten smaller. Some are bigger, Yeah, you know? And so that kind of like gone are the days of that level. Like I remember going to shows where there were like DJs and dancers and like crazy stuff on stage. Yes. Like well as shows back in the day were killer. Yes. Like all of them. Yes. Were so- <laughs> but like it doesn't happen as often anymore. Yeah. And so really like in my experience and what I love is if you go in and you teach a product knowledge class and you really nail it, that salon's going to want you to come back and then be like, Hey, can you teach a styling class? Mm-hmm. Hey, can you teach it? And so it's about those connections that you make in each and every opportunity that is given to you and not looking at one as less than, mm-hmm. but knowing that these are the things that we've all had to do. It's, it's not skipping steps. You cannot skip to here. Like that's not yeah. how that works. And also it's like gaining your confidence. I don't know that you can perform here until I know that you can perform here. Mm-hmm. Like I, I had years of pre going into hair, being a performer, like dancing. I acted when I was younger too. Like I spoke in front of people. And so I had that piece. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people can be super creative behind the chair and interacting on that one-on-one. All yeah. of a sudden you do this and it's a whole different ball game. Yeah. So Starting with that product knowledge, I think people, one thing that a really good friend of mine, Taylor Cavallaro said to me years and years ago, who worked for a number four, she said, I can't teach loyalty and I can't teach passion. And you've got both. Yeah. And that stuck with me because I can teach you everything else. I can, I can teach you how to look professional. I can teach you how to speak in front of people. I can teach you product knowledge. I can teach you how to you know, like move your hands. I can teach you how to enunciate. I can't teach you passion and I can't teach you loyalty. Yeah. And so that goes back to also like finding a brand. Is that brand going to be passionate about you? Is that brand going to be loyal to you because Mm -hmm. you've been loyal to them? Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. And so that's the thing is number four did those, has and continuously does those things for me. 
you know, when I opened the salon and I had, and then finally had my, my two year grand opening party because it was COVID for a long time. You know, Tony flew up from Southern California because, you know, she's my family at this point. Yeah. You know? And so those are those things that, that number four has been just as passionate about me as I've been about them and showing them that I have that passion and that drive. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of it's that. Yeah. I think that's such a good point to bring up too, because obviously like you and I have very different like experiences from like the everyday person in the industry. And we have been a lot uh, around the, like the background of a lot of other big brands and the behind the scenes. And I feel like we know a lot of information (laughs) about like how other brands run and stuff. And I cannot tell you how many times these big flashy brands out there have used people for, you know, to, to gain the traction for themselves and get their own 15 minutes of fame from these Mm -hmm. hairdressers that have been working incredibly hard for, for themselves, for other brands to build up their own names, to build up brand names, and then basically just like kind of toss them away, you know? And so it is, again, it's a, it's a testament to the company and to you as a person and to the people involved in like, sometimes these quote, smaller brands where it, it truly is for the longevity, you know, like they are putting the, they're encouraging, they are putting the time and effort into building up these people instead of just utilizing them for their own 15 minutes of fame and kind of like dumping them off to the side, you know? And again, it goes back to what we said earlier, like you have to, you have to be in love with what you're doing. If there's only two pieces of, of a company that you like, and you're like, I don't really like the rest of it. Maybe that's a red flag to look out for in the beginning, you know, especially as a younger hairdresser, like it's exciting and you want people to see you and respond to you and, and be excited about you. But sometimes you have to be able to take that step back and be like, is this actually going to be good for me in the long run? Or am I being used in the moment by a company who may not want to help me grow as a person and a hairdresser and lift me up in this industry? For sure. I think, I think part of that too, is though paying attention to the difference between are they elevating me or holding me back Yeah. versus are they holding me at a certain point so that I do go through all the steps and I'm not jumping and skipping something. Cause I think yes. sometimes I know that for myself, even when I was younger, I was like, well, I want to do these things. Mm-hmm. And Tony, Tony had a roadmap for me. It may not always have been clear. It may not always have been like, well, you're going to do this. And so this person's going to do this. And I'm like, well, I can do that. And it's like, but that's not where we're at yet. That's not where we are. Mm-hmm. And so, and those moments can be hard. And those mm-hmm. moments can be of like, I would say making sure that things are like, have constructive criticism around Absolutely. it. And so that you're learning something each time instead of just like, well, that was crappy. So you know, don't do that again. Mm -hmm. As opposed to like, Hey, that was, you know, like when, when you said this, or you said a lot of ums or this, it could sound a lot better and more clear as if you didn't use those. So maybe keep track of that. Right. So we, we have a system at number four where we do wows and work on. And when we do that, it's to, we, depending on the size of our group, it's either like you get one wow and one work on or three, if we're a small group of us. And I know that you and I have done this before too. Yep. Where, cause it keeps the conversation 
like in a constructive space and there, and, and you're not just like dumping or bitching about what happened or anything like that. You're saying, okay, here's the things that we need. We did really well. Mm -hmm. And so you write those down and here's the things we need to work on next time. And so then when the next time comes around, you can go back to that list and go, okay, I did these things well, let me work on this now. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, and it's not about, oh, you did a bad job. It's that, no, we all have places that we can be better. We all Mm -hmm. have places that we can learn. And so just being aware that constructive criticism isn't just like criticism to be Mm -hmm. criticized, unless you're in a space that is really toxic and not working for you, right? But making sure that you're taking what somebody is giving you and going, okay, they want me to be better. So let me, let me shift this around. Let me work on myself. Let mm-hmm. me work on this piece. Cause, cause they're really wanting me to get, get better. So I can get to that next step. Absolutely. Okay. So I found this quote and Don Bradley posted it and it says, find a mentor that doesn't just tell you what to do, but gives you the confidence to actually do it. And I feel like that is the same thing with a brand is are they giving you the confidence to go and do and be better or giving you the confidence to go through each step individually? Or are they like, one, are they even giving you any kind of criticism, like constructive criticism? Is that even happening at all? Or are they just letting you kind of like flop around until you figure it out? You know, like that mm-hmm. right there, like having those wows and what to work on is, is such a great way to give you more confidence for the next time. And, and that's such a big part of it. I think, you know, it's like, again, going back to when I was in cosmetology school, like having these like grandiose ideas of my career and what I want to do and who I wanted to be. And again, we, we don't always have that information on how to reach those goals or Mm -hmm. the roadmap to even reach out to a brand or talk to them or have the encouragement to talk to them or go to their website and click on the careers button on the bottom of the page, you know, like uh, that's not always there. And so I think that we tend to put ourselves in these boxes of like, well, I'm going to have to change myself to fit what they want and what they're looking for. And then hope that I can just be the absolute best. So they'll see me instead of realizing that like, if you take the time to do those steps that a brand who is going to be a right fit and you are going to reach those goals of being that platform artist or the brand educator or whatever it is that, that you have the encouragement behind that and people helping to build your confidence during that time who can see that, no, this person is still at step one, but we're going to help you build up to step 10, you know? And that was one thing when I first started, Tony told me my job is to make sure that your resume looks better when you leave me than when you got here. Mm -hmm. And from that moment, that's all that that's ever been. And then the other thing she's always said is like, before, before you leave me, give me the opportunity. Like, let me know, you know, Mm -hmm. like, let me know a why and, and B, you know, I I would give you, you know, a suggestion of where to go next Mm -hmm. because she does have connections with all the different companies. And so like, like having, having that and hearing that, resonated with me so much that that's what I say now to my staff when they come on is listen, you may not stay with me forever and that's okay because Mm -hmm. you may outgrow this space here. You may need to move on somewhere else. It may just not work at some point and that's okay. Yeah. But my job is to make it so you're a better stylist 
when you leave me than when you got here. Absolutely. Because that's, I, I think that if you don't keep that in mind, like you're, I, I'm a firm believer in like, if we all, like we all win together versus mm-hmm. like, I'm winning over here. Absolutely. <laughs> like that's just never been my, never been my thing. I don't know. Yeah. That one, that one's always been hard, the ego thing, but. So what yeah. are like, what are like the top three things that you look for when hiring someone to kind of start off at that like PK educator level? The first one, like if people, if you can speak in front of others, like that's a huge, then I'm already, then you're already like, I don't have to teach you that, that piece. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I feel like as an educator, you have to be outgoing. You have, and like, you would think that all hairdressers are, but we're not. Some of us like being, you know, like Mm -hmm. in our little bubble with just our client and, and, and there is a space for those educators as well. It's just something that I am going to ask you to be in front of people. And one thing I don't want to ever make you do is feel uncomfortable either. And so that, and that can be uncomfortable and I'm here to support you and I'm here to build your confidence. I'm here to help. It does make it easier though, if you are comfortable already speaking in front of others. And so the educators that I've had that have been more successful in that way have also been people that are like, oh yeah, I can talk in front of anybody. Like I might have to teach you a script or you're still going to have butterflies, but that's all right. You know? Yeah. So that like, I don't know if that's like confidence or, you know, just confidence of speaking in front of others. Like I said, loyalty and passion, man. Like if you've got those, like my job's real easy Mm -hmm. (laughs) because, because Taylor was right. You can't teach those things. I I can't, I can't teach you. And as much as I can tell you over and over again, like, Hey, we're going to get you there, but you have to do these pieces first, even though like, yeah, riding along with sales reps, isn't the most fun thing in the world. Walking into salons, cold calling kind of sucks. Like not going to lie. I, it also, if you make it this opportunity to connect with other hairdressers, it's not, it's, it's actually can be really fun. I've rode with some sales reps and had great times and get mm-hmm. to like see different parts of the country and look at, you know, different things. And so, so it also kind of just like humbling yourself and knowing that like, if you want to go down this direction, like you're going to learn something along the way, mm-hmm. as long as you're open to that. You know, so I would say just being like open-minded and, and, and knowing, like trusting that there's like a space. And even if, and if you, if you're feeling as though you're not trusting that space, like speaking up and saying something or Mm -hmm. having a conversation versus just assuming. Yeah. Just, I think being very like open to the process. Definitely. Yeah. So this just kind of popped in my head and as someone who has been educating for many a year, over a decade for a very long time, <laughs> which is just like, like a badge of honor or like, no, that's like a badge of honor. Like you've been doing it for like a long time, you know, like, like I'm an adult it's yet. legit, you know, right. do I count as an adult? I don't know. Are we adults? I know. I'm like, I question that all the time too. I'm like, what am I doing? Is this adulting yet? Am I, am I here? Am I right? <laughs> but something that I, I find so interesting. And so obviously a lot of the work that I have done in my history is social media based. It's, mm-hmm. it's independent media. It's all of that kind of stuff surrounding social Instagram, all of that. You are not active on social media. And I don't say that as a bad thing because it's like there, it, it, it is not for everyone. And that is something I am super honest about. Like, should everyone be doing it to an extent, you know, like, is it a great marketing aspect? Hell yeah, it is, you know, but not everyone needs it. And 
So with social media, I feel like what we're seeing a lot today is because we're seeing a lot of the hair shows kind of like go away or disappear, combine, we're not seeing as many of them. And the access that used to be available from these mass amount of hair shows that there were all over the world is changing because of social media. And I feel like what we're seeing now, instead of these people that are really passionate and very brand loyal and kind of that, those kind of people coming to the brands and being like, I really want to educate. I really want to support your brand. I really want to grow as a hairdresser and a person. We're seeing more of these Instagram people who can put a good show on online representing these brands and companies now. That doesn't always translate to a good educator. And it's something Aaron and I both talk about very open and honestly, because just because you are a great entertainer does not mean you are a great educator. Those things don't always correlate. No, not at all. Yeah. And so as someone who really isn't super active on social, how do you, have you ever had a roadblock there with that? Or if someone comes to you and is like, Hey, I want to become a like, like not even yeah. working for number four, but coming to you and saying, Hey, I really want to take this avenue in the industry, but I am not an inner a social entertainer. Do you see that as being a roadblock for people or, or is that something that you look for and how has that affected your career or has it? I don't know that it has just because of where I'm at in my career and when my career started. Mm-hmm. You're right. I don't use social media. My salon page runs because my team is awesome. My personal hairdressing page, I don't think I posted on in maybe a year. And then my my personal personal page is like me and my partner's travels and kitties. So yeah. <laughs> with no hashtags, no nothing. Like I barely, you know, same, like, same. That's like my personal seconds tight because everybody's like, I love seeing your stuff. And I'm like, okay, like my family wants to know like what I'm doing. So here, you know, yeah. the easiest way to do that. I don't feel that it's hindered me because it may be, I may be losing out on larger opportunities, possibly. However, like that's not what excites me. Yeah. I really like, I was thinking about this because I knew you'd ask this question. And <laughs> I feel like what I love is connecting in smaller groups. And that's like what I love about educating is when I can like, see light bulbs go off or people mm-hmm. or like really helping to give somebody something behind the chair. So when you come into one of my classes, if you, if you haven't taken one, I like teaching techniques and putting them together into one style or one haircut or whatever, you know, I'm teaching that day, but then giving you just these little pieces so that you can take them and work them in behind the chair. Mm-hmm. Even when I'm on stage, like that's what I've done. Cause I don't, i I personally enjoy watching the huge avant-garde stuff. I want to know how you constructed it though. Like mm-hmm. I want to know those little tiny bits and pieces that then I can take back to the salon on a very pared down way. It's like, you know, having like the like custom made dress that only, you know, like Beyonce is going to wear versus mm-hmm. having something that's like right off the rack. Right. And, and yeah. both of those are incredible, but like, I can't afford what Beyonce is wearing. And so like, I want to know how I can, you know, give that to the everyday person. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that's what's going to fill your pocket as yeah. a hairdresser, right? Yeah. Like it sure it's all well and good to be all over social media, but I also question how much return on investment there is when you're educating like that, at least for most of us, you tend to make more behind the chair in a day than you would 
working for education. And so it's yeah. more to kind of change your brand to it's, it's more to me, at least it's about the other, all the other pieces that I get from it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to become rich off of just educating. Yes. And it's a lot of work. It's a lot of behind the scenes work. So if you're like really looking at what your hourly rate is, once you are educating, it's like, it's really not a lot based on everything else you have to do. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I know, cause you and I have had this conversation, certain <laughs> brands will not hire you if you don't have a certain follower amount, whatever, yep. where I still think that that's a load of BS because if you look at like follower amount versus engagement, then there's that whole conversation. Totally. Yeah. And then <laughs> also I just feel like I would rather learn from somebody who knows how to connect in person than somebody who's just like good on camera and can't Mm -hmm. have a conversation with you and, or they can hide their mistakes in a photograph, but you can't in person, Mm -hmm. you know, like I've watched some horrifying things happen on stage with Instagram educators Mm -hmm. and all the educators that I follow on social media, I have met in real life. And they're generally speaking, the generation of people or two or three generations that have come before me that I know. So I'm watching them going, I get their technique. I understand, oh, this is a good refresher or like, oh, cool. I've, I've taken a class with DJ. I know what he's doing by his little 30 second snippet video. Mm -hmm. But those are the people that I would pay to go and watch, but they are all the people that were big before social media, or they're people that have a brand behind them. Because I think when you do have a brand behind you, it gives you structure and control. And I'm not just throwing somebody money that like, yeah, can do something really beautiful, but can you teach that? Those are two Mm -hmm. very, very, very different skill sets: teaching and knowing how to do something. Yes. Agreed. And so for me, I follow like the Sharon Blaine's of the industry and DJ Muldoon. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so it's like these people, you know, Lupe Voss, like, it's like stuff that you guys post, stuff that Hairbrain posts, like though, because those are industry leaders that have been there forever. And at this point in my career, sure, I can watch videos on Instagram and pick up those techniques pretty quick. Like when it comes to color and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. or some haircutting stuff, but that's where I'm at, at in my career. It frustrates me with younger kids just watching videos because you do need that hands-on. You do need that mentorship and you need it from somebody who's been doing it forever mm-hmm. and knows exactly how to instruct you and hold your arm and, and move and all those pieces. And so I struggle with the Insta famous people just because I don't get, I, I don't get the value at the level that I'm at in my career that I do from some of these other people that have been in it forever that have gone through brands that are maybe not with brands now or independent, but have, have done all the steps They can mm-hmm. do all those things because I have something in common with them. I can connect with them because I understand the, like the blood, sweat and tears that they've put into everything mm-hmm. to create something magical. Yeah. Right. And these people are magical and because they've, they've, they have gone through it all. So I do think, I think social media is important if you're trying to get attention from a brand and there may be some brands that wouldn't support you unless you have a big following. Yeah. But I do think there's a lot of brands out there that are going to find you because you know how to connect with people. Yeah. Like, yeah. So perfect example. This is where social media 
and real life come into play. We went to Japan. It <laughs> yes, was freaking awesome. It was Everybody awesome. needs to go to Japan. Every person on the planet, well, maybe not really, because it's already really packed and I want to move there one day. So maybe not everybody go. Yeah, but... <laughs> come, come on a hair venture with us. <laughs> come on a hair venture. One of the coolest things was the education we got there. Mm-hmm. And then how it translated back home. So part of that was we went to Mizutani mm-hmm. and had an incredible day of education. What I loved, what I loved about that was we did have this really incredible educator. And then we had Lisa Yamasaki was like translating some of the hair stuff. And we had mm-hmm. Uni. Is that how I always mess her name up? Yui. 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 Yes. yes. We're huge Yui fans. Yui. <laughs> Yui was fantastic. And there was this moment that she came up with the with her instructor and he showed us how to do a technique. And I went, oh yeah, okay. And he said it all in Japanese. And Yui went, Kat, you know how to speak Japanese? And I go, no, we didn't speak hair. <laughs> she was like, I said, I could have fooled you though, right? And she was like, yeah. But that's the thing is like hair is such a universal language that yes. I understood what he was doing, even though he was speaking a completely different language that I had no idea. I yes. understood exactly what he was doing because I understood like how hair works. Yes. Right. Yes. And the cool thing was then I was standing with Megan who was at your salon and she was a, she's a younger hairdresser and she's like, wait, what? And I'm like, okay. And then I could translate that to her because here we were at two different sides of our, you know, careers. Yes. Right. And so that was super fun too. How that overlapped with social media is then you guys posted, Hey, we're at Mizutani in Japan. I then get two direct messages from both of my people here at Mizutani in California. Mm-hmm. And and then they're like, Kat, you're in Japan. Oh my God. Like, you know, are you having a good time? And so we talked back and forth a little bit. And then I was like, I want to, you know, like, I'm so inspired. I want to have a conversation. We get home. I just bought two shears, was not planning on it. I'm so excited. <laughs> so still buy rep, buy shears from our reps here in, in the United States, but then also go on a hair nerds tour, tour and get them for half off. Hell yeah. But so then when I got back to the States, Bart, actually my sales rep, who also does my shear sharpening. If you need shear sharpening, he's like the greatest. And he learned in Japan. So he got educated in Japan and has brought it back here. But he he asked me to come and educate for them because they had seen that I was in Japan on social media mm-hmm. and then knew that I educated for other companies yeah. and then wanted me to bring what I've learned there mm-hmm. and translate that over to the United States. Yes. I so, love that you brought this up because I feel like like it's something I actually really wanted specifically to point out on this podcast episode is that you, someone who has been educating in this industry for many years, who is not active on social media, but is a very successful educator, does not have to be insta-famous in any kind of way. You do not have to be dancing on the TikTok or the Instagram. Like you don't Don't have to be doing those things. You know (laughs) what I mean? Even though you're a great dancer on top of it, you don't have to like put on the show. Some people do, and it's wonderful and they're really good at it, but you are someone that doesn't have to, yet you still are able to put yourself out there. You're able to communicate with people on a level that is you are you're you're again putting yourself out there you're inviting you're intriguing you're able to hold a conversation with other people you you went on a trip somewhere literally just to better yourself with no kind of like oh i'm going to get something out of this yet you still were able to get something out of this without having to be this influencer on Instagram. And I want to point that out because it's so important to Mm -hmm. me because you do not have to be that person online to still be highly successful and to be an educator in this industry. 
absolutely not. I use my Instagram as like my portfolio. So people know that I can do things, Mm -hmm. I guess, but I don't use it as a way of self-promotion. I still believe that everything in this industry runs off of of word of mouth. Mm -hmm. That may be different if you're in a bigger city. I'm not. I'm in a city of 60,000 here and I'm booked out a month in advance with hardly any social media presence. Yeah. So I, and that's all word of, all word of mouth. And then it, and then when it came to, you know, working with Mizu Johnny, it's that, you know, I'm working with you guys. I went to Japan, like I'm educating myself and they know that I'm serious about the Mm -hmm. brand. And so, and that I've had great conversations with them over the years and I've, I've attended their educational events as well. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that I would, I support their brand, that's all I, they're all I use also. And then not only did I get one educator opportunity out of that trip to Japan, but two, you got two. <laughs> so we also went to Milbon. Yeah which was an incredible experience. We learned about their products and everything, but what I was very intrigued by was their color Mm -hmm. because holy heck is an Asian American getting this hair to be this color is like real difficult, like real levels of difficult. Yes. I have seen your hair fried off before. That's why this is shaved, but, but you know, like all of a sudden there was this color that could make Asian hair ashy. It was meant for pigmented hair where it turns neon freaking orange when you lift it. And so all of a sudden there was this tool that I didn't know existed. Why? Because we use Caucasian brands across the globe always, but Hey, there's a huge number of us. Mm -hmm. It, It just never quite got the same result. And now holy miracle, there's something that works and it just happens to be Asian. Imagine that. So yeah, (laughs) it was like blown away. As soon as I got home, I was like, who do I talk to? And I found my sales rep and, and brought on the color and he came in and talked to me and I told him, you know what my background was. And I think we had met one other time and he knew that I was an educator and he was like, would you come work for us at Milbon? Like, I'd really love to have you as an educator. And I was like, Hey, if I could just do the color, sure. But I don't think that's how it works. I know that there's a product line attached. And so that would be a conflict of interest with number four. So no, I can't, but thank you so much. And I'm always open to keeping, you know, the door open, the conversation open. And Mm -hmm. if there's any education coming to my area, please let me know. Mm -hmm. Well, lo and behold, their creative director, Effie, who's in New York, happened to be in my area about a month later. And so we went to the class and it was like mind blowing, like mind blowing. Like it was a incredible to, so for me, another part of all of this and going to Japan was that as an Asian American, it is harder to find education by Asian Americans for Asian Americans on Asian hair. Mm-hmm. And I live in the Bay Area. Yeah, which you would think of it. There definitely would be something available in that part of the country. And there's definitely becoming more of that. And I'm excited to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. But it was really cool to walk into a salon that was Asian owned. Most Mm -hmm. of their, most of their stylists were Asian. And then being in a room of like, wow, like here's my community and I'm getting educated with them. And then Effie speaking, not only English, but at other times Chinese too, to different, to different students. And Mm -hmm. it was like so inclusive, so cool. Like just like 
just made my heart so happy. And to be able to come back from Japan and be on such a high from that and then swing into, wow, I get this education back at home. And now I am dialed into a community that does do this. Mm -hmm. And hopefully I can continue that more. Like that was just like mind blowing. And, and and just, I felt more included in the conversation. Absolutely. So, you know, because we don't like, like, you know, you and I have talked now, I want to go to Korea and learn how they're doing all those perms over there. I want to go back. I I would love to go to the Philippines where my family is from and learn Mm -hmm. some hair techniques there. I tried to learn how to do geisha hair when we were in Japan. And that's really hard to find because they hold that secret close to their heart. (laughs) You know, so these pieces that are so exciting and so different and you can find that they're out there. It just takes a little bit more digging, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. And so just kind of breaking this down again for the people listening. So again, without having a huge social media presence, you found education that you loved. You went and took the education from the brands that you were excited about. You spoke to the reps and the educators involved, which put you again into a position that the brand was able to see you had nothing to do with a social media presence or an online presence, but had to do with the fact that you found them, you took the education and you showed the passion and loyalty to brands to be able to have your foot. You didn't even need to get a foot in the door. Like, they were coming after you at that point because they saw those things that you had lined up. And I think that's really important for people who are listening, especially students and new professionals who are may not have any idea. Like it's not always about the social media presence. Sometimes it's about showing up, finding it, showing that you're passionate about them and communicating with them that you are interested in more on whatever level that is that you're interested in. Absolutely. I think just showing interest and passion about something is Mm -hmm. huge. For instance, one of my stylists that I've hired came down from Seattle and, and had, I wasn't here, but the girls told me like, Oh, she was super pretty. And she had this pink mohawk and she looks like she'd fit in. And then I got her resume and it had a cover letter on it. Like a hairdresser with a resume, (laughs) a cover letter, which I have seen you talk about on this a lot. Yes. Made such a huge difference. Yes. And a headshot. Put your headshot on your resume. A headshot would (laughs) have been great. I mean, like I got a good description of of Whitney, but it was like that made, that made the difference, that that Mm -hmm. elevation. And then I didn't even need to call anybody because I looked at the salon she worked at had educated in Seattle, Mm -hmm. went to those salons with my sales rep, knew what they were about and was like, oh, well, if she's worked here, she's fine. Yeah. (laughs) That, you know, and so like those pieces too, of being able to be in other cities, because you never know who's going to come back to your area. And so like, you could be walking into a salon and meet some incredible educators that maybe you didn't know about. And so, and taking education at other salons too. So part of a sales rep's that's been really cool is going into salons, getting to see salon designs, getting to speak to other owners, getting to speak to other educators for other companies and connecting in that way and saying, Hey, if you're in my area or if I'm ever back out here, I'd love to take a class from you too. Mm -hmm. You know? And so like one thing I will say to any hairdresser ever is like, I know none of us like giving the sales reps the time of day and like stopping for a second. You're like, I'm fine. I order my stuff. I'm cool right? Mm -hmm. Done that job with them. That is hard. It takes a lot for them to even just step in and say, hi, this is who I am. It Yes. Yes. But you never know what opportunity that person could give you in the future. 
and how you treat them, they're going to remember. Mm -hmm. So when I had John from Spice come in and he's the one that sells me Millbond, he then brought his district, you know, sales manager in and we chatted and like, you know, I'm, I'm still not ready to maybe bring in Millbond's whole line, but I was like, I'm ready. I'm willing to sit down and discuss. And you took your time to come here and have a few minutes let me take my time or like, give me about, you know, 10 minutes to finish up with my client and I can give you five at least. Is that cool? You know? And so the opportunity, like going, like being kind to people and, and giving people a time a day mm-hmm. really does go really far because you don't know what opportunities are going to come up in the future. I yeah. just had a sales rep come in and I just met him for in person for the first time. He was living up kind of, I think maybe near you or something like that. And so he came in in person and I kind of recognized him, but it took me a second. And he's like, I'm with a new company now. I don't even have business cards, but I remember you were so kind to me over Zoom. And I just really wanted to come in and meet you in person and say, hi, couldn't tell you what company he's with now, but it was just that moment of like, okay. And this, this is a connection also too. like, mm-hmm. who knows where that could go. Or even yeah. just like, I'm the person that I have a space. And even if I don't carry your line, I love education. You want to come in and teach a class here? Awesome. Right. And so the more welcoming that you can be about to people, I always think you you're never then shutting a door. And also, and what does that say to to that sales rep? If you do shut that door, are they Mm -hmm. going to work with you in the future? Because a lot of times your, your local sales rep is your biggest supporter. They're the ones that are going out and selling your tickets. They're the ones that are pushing your classes. You want to get hired. You better have a great connection with them. So you never know who you're going to work with in the future. Yes. Right. You never know that sales rep might jump companies. And then if they come in and they're like, oh man, I really, you know, like that really brushed me off. And so I don't think I want to take her into salons. Like I don't, I don't want to ride with her. Right. Yeah. They're not going to push you for education either. Yeah. Yep. They're going to push somebody else who's doing education in your same area. And that's eventually going to hurt your, your own personal growth through the whole absolutely. thing. Yeah. Absolutely. So just, just, I don't, I don't see the hurt in taking five minutes out of your day to just be kind to people that are taking five minutes to say, Hey, you, you know, like, of course they're trying to sell things, but that's their job. Yeah. That's, that's job. literally their job, <laughs> you know? So being rude to them because it's their job doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Me, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just, that's, that's my little two cents on that little piece, because it is, I think that also is important. So my final question for you, what advice would you give your younger self with everything that you know today, little cat back in cosmetology school? What would you tell her? Ooh, cosmetology school or like two or three years into my career. Cause those are two different people. Give both. Okay. Because our listeners are in different portions of their careers too. You know, like there there might be a student that would take it away. There might be someone early in their career. Like, let's help everybody. Okay. (laughs) I mean, I love helping people. Say, so in beauty school, like, and I think it might be different now because of social media. Yeah. But there are so many different facets to our industry that are not just behind the chair that you can absolutely grow into. And, and part of why I did, Oh, sorry. That's really annoying. Part of why I went into educating is also too, if I ever injured myself or if there ever came a point that I couldn't work behind the chair, because it is a very physical job, I would have a backup plan. Right. And part of why I learned everything at number four that I learned was because even more of a backup backup plan. So if I couldn't educate, 
And I could work for a company behind the scenes in a more corporate environment and have mm-hmm. the things like healthcare, you know, a salary, like whatever that looked like, hourly pay, whatever, but still working within our industry. So yeah. if you're in if you're in beauty school, because I've watched this happen a lot of times, mm-hmm. and you're like, you know, like this just isn't this isn't like resonating with me. This isn't hitting, or maybe I don't want to do color, maybe I don't want to cut, or like maybe I don't want to really be around people, you know, like there's yeah. There's so many other facets of our industry that are so incredible that having a license is super helpful, mm-hmm. but it's not the, but doing hair is not the end all be all. Yeah. So, and if, even if you're not the greatest at whatever, like it's okay, yeah. it's okay. And there's a, there's a place for everybody mm-hmm. and exploring that. Yeah. That's one. And also for the, for the babies is you don't have to be Insta famous and it is not the end all be all. And not everybody is as cool as they actually look line. That is not real life. Yeah. Ever. Yes. <laughs> Ever. Even my online is not real. Like everybody's like, oh, you look like you're so much fun. I'm like, I can make things look good. I make things look real good. Yeah. You didn't see the meltdown that was like 10 minutes before that. Okay. Cause I'm not <laughs> going to put that on social media. That's not cute. Yeah. And then I would say like, once I was in a couple of years, I think what you talked about earlier, like making sure that I went through those steps, mm-hmm. like slowing down. I still need this constant reminder, like all day, every Same. day. Same. But like taking a breath and slowing down. Mm-hmm. And there's no roadmap where it's like, you have to have this done by this age. You have to have this done then by this age. And then, oh, by the time you're you're here and you're doing this, then you definitely need to do this, 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 and this to be successful. Yeah. Like everybody's success looks completely different. And that's the wonderful thing about what we do is it doesn't need to look like everybody else's. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So take a big deep breath. Everything is going to be fun <laughs> and you're going to be exactly where you need to be at all times. Yes. Because you're doing your best all the time. Yes. And sometimes I'm your best literally taking a deep sobbing, breath. right? Yes. <laughs> sometimes your best is sobbing in the bathtub, eating a cupcake. You know, hell I'm yeah. <laughs> That's a Tuesday night over here. So and sometimes your best is running around Japan with the hair nerds, you know, like it can swing one way and then all the way the other direction. Absolutely. And then you can be eating Japanese cupcakes in the soaking bathtubs with the bath bombs in Japan, which is literally the epitome of like, what I try to go for. I'm like, yeah, no shameless plugs. If you want to hang out with Kat and I and listen to our rants and pro beauty conversations and just have like an all around really fun time, like come on one of the hair nerds hair ventures with us, you know, a and new for one sure is doing Kyoto and Osaka. Yes. That's that one's happening for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Hands down. Yes. Go to thehairnerds.com. Check out the hair ventures that are coming up. We already have our 2024 calendar available of hair ventures. And the next one is actually about to open. It's going to launch, I believe, as you're listening to this podcast episode, <laughs> we should be launching our next hair venture. It should be opening up. So go look at it. If you want to come to Tokyo with us, go put your deposit down. You will not regret it. It is going to be the best time ever. It's amazing. Like that trip was unreal. I want to take my whole salon team on one of these trips one of these days. Hell yeah. We actually have with our, the trip that we are about to be leaving on to go to London this October in 2023, we actually have an entire salon team coming with us. And I'm so excited to watch them like go on this incredible adventure, you know, as this like salon group, like what an incredible bonding experience. Yeah. 
That and I talked to my girlfriend who was on the East Coast and I had sent her, I was like, oh dude, I don't know if I can meet up with you on this trip. And then I sent her like, but here next year, Japan. And she mm-hmm. had like called me and she was like, what's up with Japan? She was like, I know it's hard enough for us to meet from either coast, but like, tell me that we're going on a trip and I'm there. <laughs> yes. So if you've got hair best across the country, Hell please yeah. let all of them know to come <laughs> to any one of the hair nerd ventures because it is, I mean, you get to write it off. You get to hang out yeah. with a bunch of cool people. You get to yeah. explore someplace new. You get some great education. And then you might even get some great opportunities when you come back this way. So yes. hell yeah. Cat's my hype girl. I love it. Find yourself a hair nerd bestie like Kat, who's your cheerleader in life. I will be your cheerleader. And also, I mean, if, if anybody ever has any questions, I am somebody that I, even if I'm not active on my social media, I do respond. Yes. So give them all, give them how to get a hold of you. You can get a hold of me through. So my salon is at salon on Instagram, F R O W dot salon it's front row salon and then my professional hairdresser account that i haven't posted on in a year but i will respond to messages is cat <laughs> nicario hairstylist hairdresser hair, See, hairstylist. I, know what it is. I know what it is it's cat nicario hairstylist on instagram <laughs> and then my, my my personal one is just cat nicario and that's just me running around the world with my partner and cats and toe and doing yes shit yeah and making my life look way cooler than it is yeah also, if this podcast interested you and you want to get to know Kat on more of a professional level, definitely check out number four hair care and the education that Kat is providing because it's top notch for sure. Thanks. Yeah, please check out number four. It's amazing. You won't regret yeah, it. It is amazing. I'm fan for life. So, well, Kat, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time and everyone listening. Thank you so much for making it all the way through this podcast with us. Because again, I know that we could just talk forever and you're (laughs) my favorite person to chat with so i appreciate everybody's time and effort and please listen to all of our podcasts you will definitely learn something incredible share it with a cosmo baby in your life or a local cosmetology school and you can find us on oh my gosh apple itunes amazon music spotify everywhere that is streaming podcasts and i'll catch y'all next week have a great week bye